From Moses, the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, this is the In Her Boots podcast, a show about women cultivating the sustainable and organic agriculture movement and how she does it. My name is Lisa Kiverest, and I founded and lead the award-winning Moses In Her Boots project, providing training, resources, and support for women farmers. I'm a farmer myself, running in serendipity with my family in Wisconsin, and am the author of Soil Sisters, a toolkit for women farmers. The In Her Boots podcast celebrates the collaborative spirit of us women farmers and all women working to transform our food system and steward our land, sharing ideas and inspiration with each other. Whether you're a woman with a dream of starting your own farm or already have your hands deep in the soil, there's something for you here. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss anything. Join us today as we chat with Allison Parker of Radical Root Organic Farm, as she shares her inspiring story of how they launched the farm strategically by partnering with a land trust and nonprofit in a long-term rental agreement. This opened up more cash flow and gave them an incredibly strategic location in the heart of the now Chicago suburbs. A self-taught first-generation farmer, Allison Parker launched Radical Root Organic Farm with her husband, Alex Needham, in 2009. It is a certified organic family farm in the Chicago suburb of Libertyville, Illinois, located on land accessed through an innovative land trust partnership where she's reinventing a 150-year-old farm through organic and permaculture principles. Thank you, Allison Parker of Radical Root Organic Farm for inviting us to stop by in your beautiful farmhouse in your kitchen with your homebrew kombucha. And tell us more about this place because this is so unusual yet fabulous for a young farmer like yourself to access land in a creative way that isn't putting you over the top in debt and enables you to access a very vibrant market, right? I mean, this is, maybe we should describe this place to start it because this is this ain't the country, but it is kind of the country or used to be the country, right? Right. It did. Yes. This used to be, so Lake County used to be a lot more rural. So um, I'm sorry, we're outside Chicago. Yes. County outside Chicago. Yes. We're, we're very close proximity to Chicago. So, um, which kind of made it ideal, I guess, for a lot of people to sort of build it up. Um, so yes, there's a lot of development in this area now. Um, so, so yeah, this is sort of like kind of like a rare uh, place that was saved um, by the conservation organization to um, to allow it to still be a farm. Um, so this had been a farm. That's why this is this yes, classic, so, wonderful farmhouse, right? And you have outbuildings. And, and yes. So it looks like it could be out in whatever, yeah, the rural countryside as it right. was once. Yeah. So 1863 is when the wow. house was built. Um, when the barn was built, um, yeah, and so we know they're really old. Uh, you know, there's trees that are 300 years old on this property, so it's very, um, it's very old. Um, and yes, yeah, so it was an, originally an old dairy farm because a lot of the farms that were really the closest farms to Chicago were usually dairy farms, so they could bring because with the lack of refrigeration, they could just oh, bring it sure. in. They didn't, to by yeah. train. So, um, so yeah, so this is an old and the it's an old dairy barn. That they've um, that the conservation that a lot of the bones are still there, but they redid the floor and the roof, and that's um, that's about it. So, so this place here was prime for development, right? Probably right. torn down or yeah, some, or definitely not a farm anymore. Right, right. So yeah, um, so yeah, this this it was uh, it was owned by the Casey family um, for a very long time, and the conservation organization 
was sort of in talks with her for a very long time about purchasing it. Um, and she, Mrs. Casey, the, was the last remaining Casey in this house, and she really wanted to make sure this kept being a farm. So um, the conservation organization uh, really wanted organic farmers to be here, and that's in to because there's um, there's woods right back back there. They wanted to protect. They wanted to protect. There's a stream or a brook that um, is very precious to a lot of conservationists, and that goes straight into the rivers. So they wanted to make sure that whoever farmed this land would be organic, as to to make sure there wasn't a chemical runoff that coming off of here. So. Um, so yeah, that's, that's sort of how, uh, we ended up here. So So this organization owns this as a nonprofit then, or how is it structured? So we rent it, um, through, so Liberty Prairie is who we rent it from, but they're the foundation, the nonprofit that. So the, the foundation actually owns this land as Conserve Lake County and we rent it. So they're the, the landowners, um and so we actually we rented through them and the lease is through liberty prairie foundation um and that was that was really because liberty prairie foundation like knows farmers and they sort of wanted to kind of oversee it a little bit um as opposed to conserve lake county who is just a conservation organization so their whole mission is land health and um you know prairie habitat and things like that so that's great so what Describe your land here. How many acres do you have? So the whole farm property is about 32 acres. Wow. Um, and that includes... But you're butting up against other state land too, right? It's like right. a park Yes, here. yes. So the Forest Preserve is next to us. Um, and we're actually farming on part of Forest Preserve. So it's a little... Comp- this is where it gets such little- an amazing spot. Yeah. you go like a couple miles in any directions, it's strip malls. Yeah, right. But then you have this oasis yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and across the street is all Forest Preserve too. So... Um, it's hundreds of acres altogether. It yeah, must be. yeah, exactly. So, so yeah. Um, but I'm sorry, uh, you got about thirty. And then, what do you have cultivated? So, twelve acres is what is tillable, um, and we have we have that all um, in production. It's either in vegetables or our hoop houses are on it, um, and as well as our greenhouse. And then we have our the very beginning of our goat herd. Oh, and um, and then our chickens, our pasture-raised chickens that that get rotated all all across. You know, both those animals get the uh, rotated all around the field. Um, and then we have a permaculture, my own permaculture food forest and medicinal garden area that is my kind of my solo project. Um, the goats are sort of almost my solo project. <laughs> you doing the goats for meat or so or- we so we just started the goats this year. We had we got two. Um, one the older one we're gonna breed this fall. Um, she'll have her babies in the spring, and then we'll have a small milking herd from there. So kind of like we're kind of developing a small milking herd is basically what we're doing with them. Great. Um, yeah. That's so. So in this situation, is this like a land trust then? So the land's in trust. Yeah. Or it's owned by it's owned by an entity that stewards it permanently. It it's owned by the entity that um that yes, that we we are sort of um on our own basically how we farm it. Uh but they they want to ensure certain things about it, like the um like uh the the one area of my permaculture food forest is on they want to make sure that area never gets tilled which um it isn't because it's in permaculture um uh, perennials 
And yeah, things like that, where they, they sort of have rules or just uh, they have desires about what they wanted for it. Um, but we, we do um, farm it, you know, how, or, you know, organically here. So but we, you have mutual goals in that sense. Yeah. But that's interesting. It, it seems like there's, there's different, whatever, titles or descriptions or ways these situations come up. But basically, like yours, where there's some form of nonprofit entity, or I guess it could be a private family, but who share these conservation interests. And the land is in some form of preserved state, be it, again, the nonprofit owning it or a land trust, or there's variations on that. But the net net bottom line is a young farmer like yourself and Alex can can rent in a long-term situation. So an advantage is you didn't need to invest capital, right? Or your capital can go into your business. Right, right. Yeah, so um, for, for our situation, we built our greenhouse and we built our cooler and then um, our hoop houses. And then we kind of split some of the wash pack area um, finances on that. So... So that was, uh, and we did that sort of creatively, you know, different things like for our greenhouse, we had a Kickstarter that we um, uh, used for that. And and we did take out a loan for a couple things, uh, like our wash pack. We actually did take out an FSA loan um, for that. Oh, the micro loans? Yes. Yeah, yeah. How was that experience? Was it... Good. Uh, I've heard um, good things about that. Yeah. It's not as paperwork or bureaucratic as a lot of other. Yeah, there was um, there was there was some definitely some paperwork, but we had a really cool loan officer that was really helpful, and um, uh, you know, it's sort of an unusual situation when it's a small ve- organic vegetable farm that we don't it, fit the box. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you want to what? Yeah, <laughs> but that's but even then, you could make strategic investments for your business without that barrier of the down payment and the mortgage i mean you're still you're still still a financial transaction but it isn't that mortgage looming over your head right uh in a cash flow perspective yeah so do you what how long is your lease then on this land so we have um we can we have a uh a a 10-year lease but we can also uh option to renegotiate or just keep signing on for five years. Sure, so sure. Was, but the point is it's a long-term commitment it's a long-term, on both ends. Right, right, exactly. And we're protected being here, you know, because that was sort of the goal is that we were able to be, have a more permanent place um, mm. to plant perennials and, you know, put up a greenhouse and things that um, are like a little more permanent things to, sure. you know. That's, that's really an ideal, inspiring situation with all the partners involved in that you've got a conservation organization that is working with an entity like the Liberty Prairie Foundation, which has this incubator farm and knows right. it's almost a matchmaking thing, right? right you know, because exactly. you want with so many of these equations, it's not just the land, it's not just the infrastructure, it's the skill set. And you you were the right people at the right time. Right. Exactly. Uh, and all those pieces add together. But it'd be great to see more of these sort of situations open up for yeah. farmers to transition to. I think, yeah, I think that was also part of their mission was that we were kind of like showcasing a possibility instead of development on like a big swath of land, we could, you know, there could actually be local food production on it. And there could also be this really, this place that was really beneficial and, you know, enriching to the community, which I think um, a farm always, I mean, a small local organic farm always is. That's always what, um, you know, communities are, that's, 
I feel like it's like a happy place for a lot of communities. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of our customers are super enthusiastic when they're here and just really appreciative. And you yeah. have the opportunity to be visible here. Yeah. Whereas us in the middle of nowhere, rural Wisconsin, it's different. You're right. just, you're just not a part of the community in that visual way that you are here. You yeah. Are, uh, people see you. Yeah. Um, and I and- think, yeah, exactly. I think that's like, there's definitely plus and minuses. And that's some of the pluses is that we are able to, you know, like we'll have a fermentation workshop here and people will actually come to that. So, um, or, you know, even our farm stand that we're, we had to open three, we opened one day a week and we had to open three days a week this year because we had, you know, tons of customers that wanted us open more. So, and when you say farm stand, it's literally here. Like, you yes. just you just put it out there. It's, <laughs> it's, in, it's in the barn. It's convenient. All we do, yeah, it's very convenient. We don't have to go to Chicago, which, you know, that's what we were doing three times a week for when we were Prairie Crossing. So, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think that that it, it it's, it's a nice, it's just a really nice thing for a community to have a place that's, um, that's protected and it's, you know, it's people can kind of come here and, and sort of look at, you know, the woods and just, you know, it's like a place where there's natural areas and it's, uh, it's, it's nice to kind of show that, that there's other possibilities for, um, maybe, maybe people who want to sell their large farm to a, you know, strip mall or development. And instead they can right. look at this place and think, oh, this is actually quite lovely here. No, <laughs> so. we need more, more working models. And it's interesting using Chicago as an example, and you look in the suburbs, a lot of them have the one farm still standing. Do you right. know? And these are big projects. I don't mean to make it this, the conservation organization yeah. that bought this, but that was a huge right. endeavor right. with a lot of committed people and fundraising and all of that. Yes, but absolutely. But there's a lot of opportunity there, yeah. but it's going quick. And yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, you go to a place like Austin where we used to live and there are, you know, it's a, in, in a very urban area in Austin, there were three farm stands, you know, within a few miles of each other. Um, and I would, you know, bike to, you know, that was sort of um, a place, places that I would love to go or those farm stands that were, um, accessible that, to yeah. close to the urban. Yeah, exactly. They're close to people. I mean, a lot of people lived around them. So it's just a really nice thing to have for, and, and just being able to, yeah, buy from the people that grow your food and see that your grow, your yeah. food is green right out there and you're buying it right here. And, but still bigger metro areas like Chicago that have the sprawl issue. Yeah. I mean, still, right. We're what, like an hour from the city proper? Yeah, we're like 50, with traffic and 50 stuff. Minutes, you know? Yeah, yeah. But still, you wouldn't know it necessarily, aside from your little oasis here. But it's it's developed, right? And right. that's just spreading. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's true. And you know, Lake County, like I said, it used to be more rural, and now it's super. It's just gotten developed so fast that um, yeah, I think it's really essential to. To really kind of like have these really kind of gems of a of places that nice. is, yeah. I would think too your location and your business are real ideal for families in the area and yeah. kids to have that opportunity to really make their farmer connection, not even just to CSA drop off somewhere, right. but exactly to and come I, out do do things with because you have both a CSA and you sell at market. We do. We are, yeah, farm stand. We sell one day at market and we have our CSA. And like you said, that's what we serve. Our whole goal is seeing how much the community likes um, having like our farm stand here. We are actually starting our 
organic strawberry you pick next spring. Oh, and that yeah. will be sort of a more of a community, um, you know, enriching activity too. So, um, you know, we figure so many people want to come out here that that's something that people probably really like. And and um, we've you know have gotten questions about you pick before, and so we decided just to try it out. So. Yeah, That's excellent. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll tune back in and see yeah. your new endeavor. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you, Allison. Thanks for listening to our In Her Boots podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Kiverest, with the Moses In Her Boots project. This episode's audio engineer was Liam Kiverest of TechSocket.net. The podcast was brought to you by the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, Moses. The mission of Moses is to educate, inspire, and empower farmers to thrive in a sustainable, organic system of agriculture. For more information on Moses, In Her Boots, and a bounty of organic resources, check out mosesorganic.org.